drive time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic drive time. With Joe McLean and Emily Alcaraz. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Good morning to you. Praise be to God. We're going to have a great show today. Critical race theory. Is the critical race theory racist in itself? We're going to have that conversation today. Deacon Gerard Marie Anthony from the Diocese of Arlington in Virginia is going to be our guest to talk about a Catholic response to the critical race theory. So look, stick around. That's going to be a good conversation in the second half of this hour. Uh, there's a ton of news to get into in our What's Concerning Us section. Apparently, Canada is considering going full-on China-level censorship of the Internet. That's interesting. Biden considers using private firms to surveil, extreme, quote, extreme chatter, unquote. We already saw and reported, I think it was last week, the uh, the Postal Service in America is has been spying on Americans. That's interesting. Of course, the big story, in my opinion, the one that we're going to talk about most and the what's concerning us, is uh, Archbishop Corleone out of San Francisco issuing his letter, his pastoral letter, basically saying anybody who supports abortion publicly ought to be refused Holy Communion. We're going to have that conversation in the what's concerning us in this hour as well, as well as, uh, you know, breaking news and stories, saint of the day, gospel of, of the day, and so much more. Good morning to you, Emily. Good morning, Joe. I just want to remind everyone, today's day four of Pope Francis's rosary marathon for the month of May. So make sure to pray the rosary, pray it with, and it's more powerful when you pray it with other people. So if you can, get your family together, get some friends together, maybe pray it over the phone with someone. Amen. Praise God. Now, he, I think he's he's... He's engaged all the basilicas, right, in Rome? That's right. Every single day is going to be a different basilica around the world or famous church. So today is Nazareth. Nazareth. Oh, yes. wow. That's, Yesterday was Yasnagora. That's pretty cool. Praise be to God for that. Uh, of course, talking about big things, uh, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. He's pretty big. Good morning to you, Adrian. Wait, was that a fat joke? No. It was, Are you, were you it's saying, the, it, saying, saying it's I'm It's your fat? gravitas, good sir. Oh, your gravitas. Okay, I see. I yeah. see. Well, you, you can't take it with you, which is coincidentally a movie I saw last night, and it's a great it's a great movie. Oh, really? Loving it. I was in that play in high school, actually. So, oh, that wonderful. Good? Wow. Praise be to God. Well, it, it ought to be interesting today, uh, the critical race theory conversation. I know California, even Texas, and many other states, New York, have uh, all had issues with critical race theory being in- injected into school curricula for children. Um, and so we think it's an important conversation to have, especially given the national arguments over racism in our country today. So well, that's why we've invited Deacon Gerard Marie Anthony from the Diocese of Arlington to be on. He's put out uh, some videos. He's even done some podcasting with the diocese there in Arlington on the subject. So it ought to be a good conversation. So I'm looking forward to that. Of course, in the next hour, if you are at all able to join us, we surely would love to have you. Uh, not only will we have a sort of bright and more flexible news. We call it the good news segment in the second hour. Praise God for that. But we're also having our fear and trembling game show. Three new opportunities today to get in on the prize pack. And this week we have a returning prize sponsor. Emily, tell us about that. That's right. Rough to Rustic makes Catholic wooden home decor. And this time around, they're giving away a miraculous metal wooden. It's like imprinted in wood. 
That's super cool. Praise be to yeah, God. Yeah, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Rough to Rustic. We're very grateful to you. By the way, we are also very grateful to uh, Glory and Shine, gloryandshine.com, for generously underwriting a portion of our program. They make uh, personal care products, you know, soaps, body mists, beard bombs, lotions, things like that. Um, beautiful, Catholic, uh, family-owned company. You should check them out, gloryandshine.com. And um, the other one is realestateforlife.org. Thank you, realestateforlife.org, for generously sponsoring our show as well, connecting people who are trying to buy or sell homes. It's a pro-life supporting organization, realestateforlife.org. All right, let's pray for whatever is on your heart, your mind, whatever your intentions are. We're going to include those in asking Our Lady, Queen of Heaven and Earth, to pray for all of us. Of course, we're praying for our radio apostolates at the Station of the Cross and the Guadalupe Radio Network, our own needs here at Catholic Drive Time, and then, of course, your own. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother, To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now the headlines with Emily Alcaraz. Yesterday, President Joe Biden raised the refugee admissions cap for the current fiscal year, more than quadrupling the current limit. In a White House statement on Monday afternoon, Biden said he was raising the limit on U.S. refugee admissions to 62,500 from 15,000 for the 2021 fiscal year. The raise comes as the White House was criticized for keeping the Trump-era refugee cap in place, which was at the lowest recorded level for the U.S. refugee admissions program. Biden admitted, however, that a goal of resettling 62,500 refugees by the end of September is unreachable, saying, quote, The current limit of 15,000 refugees does not reflect America's values as a nation that welcomes and supports refugees and promised to improve the resettlement program with a goal of resettling 125,000 refugees in the 2022 fiscal year. Back in November, Biden promised to raise the refugee ceiling to 125,000 in his remarks to a celebration of the 40th anniversary of Jesuit refugee services. For months after his inauguration, however, refugee advocates pointed out that he had yet to issue a final determination to officially increase the refugee cap. Meanwhile, refugee admissions had reportedly slowed to a trickle, with the International Rescue Committee noting that the U.S. had only resettled 2,000 refugees in the 2021 fiscal year. A multitude of pro-life bills passed through state legislatures this week, creating new protections for the unborn around the country. Idaho Governor Brad Little signed the state's heartbeat bill into law on April 27th, banning most abortions after a child's heartbeat can be detected, usually around six weeks into pregnancy. And on April 26th, Governor Greg Gianforte of Montana signed three pro-life bills, including a pain-capable ban on abortions when an unborn child is determined to be capable of feeling pain, usually around 20 weeks into pregnancy. He also signed bills requiring that a mother see an ultrasound of her child before having an abortion and restricting abortion-inducing drugs. Marjorie Dannenfelser, president of the pro-life Susan B. Anthony list, applauded the 61 new laws enacted around the country and hundreds of bills introduced, including legislation to stop late-term abortions after five months of pregnancy, to end lethal discrimination against unborn children for reasons such as Down syndrome diagnosis, 
and to protect unborn babies from the moment their heartbeat can be detected. Hundreds of cases of blindness are among the almost 20,000 reports of eye disorders to the World Health Organization's European Drug Monitoring Agency following injection of the experimental COVID vaccines. The nearly 20,000 eye disorders were reported to Vigibase, a database for the World Health Organization maintained by the Uppsala Monitoring Center, or UMC, in Sweden. More than half of the eye disorders, about 10,000, were also reported to the UK's Yellow Card Adverse Event Reporting System. These would have followed injection primarily of AstraZeneca's and Pfizer's COVID vaccines, but included eight reports of eye disorders among the 200 reports concerning Moderna. Eye disorders were not reported in the clinical trials for vaccines, which have been granted emergency use authorization only. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration's fact sheet for those administering Pfizer's experimental vaccine do not mention eye side effects. It does state, however, that additional adverse reactions, some of which may be serious, may become apparent with more widespread use of the Pfizer vaccine. I'm Emily Alcaraz, and these are your Tuesday morning headlines through a Catholic lens. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Thank you, Emily, for uh, keeping us up to date there. Blessed Ladislaus of Gilniov, pray for us. Blessed Ladislaus was born in 1440 in Ginzo, Poland. He was educated at the University of Warsaw, joined the Franciscan Order of Friars Minor Observant. He became the doorkeeper in his monastery, but he was elected uh, provincial of his order in 1487 and again in 1496. He sent Franciscan missionaries to Lithuania. Their work brought many schismatics back to the church. He was a noted preacher. He traveled across Poland, evangelizing from one end to the other. In 1498, he led a prayer campaign to protect Poland from invading Tartars and Turks. A raging winter storm storm stopped the invaders, praise be to God, and the Polish army was able to rout them. The victory was attributed to the prayer warriors, in fact. The, uh, he became the abbot of Warsaw in mo- the monastery there on Good Friday, 1505. While in prayer, blessed Ladislaus levitated, hanging in the air as if crucified. When he came down, he collapsed completely and was bedridden until his death a few weeks later. He died on May the 4th, 1505. He was beatified on February 11th, 1750 by Pope Benedict XIV. Blessed Ladislaus Gilniov, pray for us. The gospel today comes to us from John chapter 14, verses 27 through 31. Jesus said to his disciples, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give it to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled or afraid. You heard me tell you, I am going away and I will come back to you. If you love me, you would rejoice that I am going to the Father But the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you this before it happens, so that when it happens, you may believe. I will no longer speak much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming. He has no power over me. But the world must know that I love the Father, and that I do just as the Father has commanded me. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. There's like an ongoing uh, theme here that I think we've talked about many times in the past, and that's obedience, 
obedience. And I want to jump into that a little bit before we go to our break. But, you know, seeing with the eyes of faith, and this is a continuation gospel from uh, for the last several days, even from last week, and we see that there's a, some fear with the apostles. Yesterday, Philip even questioned the Lord. How can we see? Show us the Father. That would be good enough to show us the Father. And Jesus is like face palm. Have I not been with you long enough? Like, good grief. You've seen the Father because you've seen me. It's like seeing with the eyes of faith. Augustine would say, and if belief can be talked of with reference to things seen, as when we say that we believe our eyes, yet is it is not mature faith but is merely preparatory to our believing what we do not see. Believing in what we do not see is stronger than believing in what we do see, especially as it pertains to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, look at this one section here, though. The Father is greater than I. Have you ever run into somebody whose doubts in the divinity of Christ, like, say, Jehovah's Witnesses, for instance, or others, maybe just friends and family who are just too persuaded by the world, the flesh, and the devil, or said another way, the ruler of this world, to believe in the claims of Christ. And they might point to verses just like this, where Jesus says that the Father is greater than I. What does he mean by that? Does he mean that he is not God? Well, Augustine says this, that there, that the Son is obedient to the will and commandment of the Father, no more shows a difference in the two than it would in a human father and son. But over and above this comes the consideration that Christ is not only God, and as such equal to the Father, but also man, and as such inferior to the Father. I always recall St. Paul in Philippians chapter 2, starting in verse 5. He says, Have this in mind among yourselves, which was in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, and humbled himself, and became obedient unto death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him, and bestowed upon him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven, and on earth, and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Amen. Preach it, brother. St. Paul, isn't he amazing? Obedience. The virtue of holy obedience to the will of God. The mystery, the hypostatic union of Christ. That's what this verse is referencing. It's a mystery. Have faith. We'll be right back with what's concerning us. Captain Drop Time headed your way. Your Odyssey begins at the University of Dallas, the premier Catholic liberal arts university in Texas. With campuses in Irving and Italy, UD's rigorous core curriculum sets it apart. An education rooted in the great works of Catholic and Western tradition. An education that ennobles and enables students in the pursuit of wisdom, truth, and virtue. Undergraduate, graduate, and certificate programs are available. Start your college odyssey at the University of Dallas today. Go to udallas.edu to learn more. GloryAndShine.com, a generous underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. GloryAndShine.com is a Catholic family-owned company making a variety of personal care products ranging from lotions, soap bars, gift boxes, body mist, beard care, and more. At GloryAndShine.com, they state their mission is to, quote, 
craft every product with deep intention while holding a vision of sharing the gospel. They are good for the body, mind, and soul. Unquote. God love you, gloryandshine.com. Thank you again. Hi, Joe McLean here, host of the Catholic Drive Time. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, right here. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of the Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations. Real Estate for Life offers their clients a faith-based experience. Real Estate for Life is online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Christ, welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. Praise be to God. Coming up 20 minutes from now or so, Deacon Gerard Marie Anthony is going to be our guest. He is from the Diocese of Arlington in Virginia. We're going to be talking about the critical race theory. It's uh, something that's become more and more of an issue around our country. We're seeing it all the times in the headlines. We're also seeing it infect curriculum for children all across our country, even in you know, the uh, sort of the red state of Texas is struggling with it as well. So is the critical race theory racist? That's the question. And Deacon Gerard Murray Anthony is going to give us a Catholic response to the critical race theory, its foundations, and etc. All of that coming up in about 20 minutes from now. Uh, several stories in the headlines that I would want to jump into in the What's Concerning Us section. There's, uh, of course, more censorship on the horizon. A big story, in my opinion, one that we should always be focused on and, and sort of paying attention to, because the ability for the Catholic evangelist to have the means to reach the masses for the good, the true, and the beautiful, for the salvation of souls and the glory of God is, uh, is very important, very important to us and to our work. And to, so to see censorship sort of looming large in an ever-increasing digitally connected world where Maybe radio waves are going to be less uh, of an option for us. I think we ought to be paying attention to that. And there are a couple of stories here that I think are worthy of a mention. Uh, there is one out of LifeSite News. It says, Bill to regulate Internet, a full-blown assault against free speech in Canada. Now, we had uh, Kennedy Hall on from Fatima Center a couple of weeks back, two, three weeks now. We're talking about sort of this, the craziness that's going on in Canada, which continues. And here we are seeing a China-styled censorship of the Internet. The article says this, The former head of Canada's broadcasting regulatory blasted an amendment to a Canadian bill aimed at regulating online content, saying the removal of an original protection for users generated content on sites such as Facebook and YouTube is not, quote, going to end well, unquote. Quote, putting the CRTC in charge of this entire Internet, I mean, like it, it's that's like putting a logging company in charge of the great bear rainforest. <laughs> that's kind of funny. So the article is basically saying this bill is not going to be good for free speech, for liberty and the rest. But this why Canada? Why, why do I make a big deal out of Canada? I'm not in Canada. I don't live there. I don't live in China either. But we lament the censorship and the abuse of human rights in these countries and we're seeing it spread. That's the trick. It's happening even in Canada. So it's going to happen in our own backyards. In fact, here's another report out of the blaze. It says Biden considers using private firms to surveil extremist chatter online in response to domestic terrorism, like the Capitol riot, for instance. 
The article says the Biden administration is considering partnering with outside firms to surveil, quote, extremist chatter, unquote, online as part of an effort to combat domestic terrorism in the country. The move, which comes in apparent response to the growth of far-right extremism in America, and specifically the January 6th riot on the U.S. Capitol, would enhance the federal government's ability to gather intelligence from uh, conversations happening in private spaces online. Well, it's a slippery slope, isn't it? When you start to surveil the mass public, um, human rights, freedoms get trampled. Timothy Snowden, the reason why he became a whistleblower and is now living in exile in, in Russia is because he was pointing out that the NSA and such intelligence agencies were spying against the masses versus specific cases and specific people for very specific reasons. This is what encryption is, is really become a, a big issue. This is why people are using like the Signal app or, or what have you in order to communicate with friends or family so that they can't just be spied on free will and nilly. They're not, uh, they're not bulletproof. There are holes in even, in the, even in those. We saw a story out over the weekend that apparently the FBI was spying on the, uh, President Donald Trump and Rudy Giuliani's iCloud account while he was still sitting as president. So if they're capable of that, what else are they capable of? That's the question in my mind. But let's turn to a bigger and more important story overall. And that would be, uh, over the weekend, the Archbishop of San Francisco put out a pastoral letter. LifeSite has reported on it. The Blaze has reported on it. But I would encourage you to read directly from the San Francisco Archdiocese website. They have, an, they have the executive summary plus the entire document. You could read it for yourself. You can read it directly. The document itself basically uh, brings up four points, according to the executive summary. Number one, the gravity of the evil of abortion. So it basically says science teaches that human life begins at conception. It, we, we know that. I mean, we, we knew that before science could, could say that. And we know it even more now because, well, science has basically backed up what we always known. The point number two is cooperation and moral evil. Who bears culpability when abortion takes place? Question mark. It is never solely the mother's act, period. Amen. It never really is. It wasn't on the day that I drove a girl to the abortion mill. It certainly wasn't only her fault. She wanted an option. I didn't give her one. I gave, well, I did. I gave her the only one, and that was abortion. And that's too often and too sadly the case. There are a lot of people involved in this decision. It's never just the mom. Those who kill or assist in killing the child are directly involved in performing a seriously evil act, according to this executive summary. Someone who pressures or encourages the mother to have an abortion, who pays for it or provides financial assistance to organizations that provide abortions, or who supports candidates who advance pro-abortion legislation, also cooperate by varying degree in a grave moral evil. Point number three, the meaning of choosing to receive the Holy Eucharist. The church has taught consistently for 2,000 years that those who receive the Eucharist are publicly professing their Catholic faith and are seriously striving to live by the moral teachings of the church. Those who reject the teachings of the church on the sanctity of human life and those who do not seek to live in accordance with the teaching place themselves in contradiction to the communion of the church and so should not receive the sacrament of that communion, the Holy Eucharist. 
We all fall short in various ways, but there is a great difference between struggling to live according to the teachings of the church and rejecting those teachings. That's a great statement. The fourth point, the responsibilities of Catholics in public life. For uh, from the three points above, it follows that Catholics prominent in public life have a special responsibility to bear witness to the faithful, to the fullness of the church teaching. In addition to their own spiritual good, there is also the danger of scandal. That is, by their false witness, other Catholics may come to doubt the church's teaching on abortion, the Holy Eucharist, or both. This is becoming increasingly challenging in our times. Yes, yes it is. Thank you, Bishop Corleone, for this letter. I think it's an important one. Clarity is charity in the midst of chaos. And this makes it clear that we cannot just present ourselves free will and nilly to, the Holy, to, to receive the Holy Eucharist in communion when we are outwardly and in, intently determined to reject what the church solemnly teaches, definitively teaches on the real presence of Christ in the Holy Eucharist. I mean, you don't have to just take Bishop Corleone's words for it. How about going back and studying the early church? Go back to St. Justin Martyr in the first century. Read, in, read or second century rather, mid-second century, about 150-ish AD, writing to the Curia and the son of the emperor, uh, tr- making a defense, trying to save Christian lives from persecution. He describes the Holy Mass. He makes it clear that not just anybody gets to go to communion. You, you want to go back earlier than that? How about go back to the Didache, written in the 50s AD, first century. Apostles were still alive. And it makes it also clear that not just anybody gets to go to communion. Not just anybody does. That's always been the case in the church. And what has changed? The outward and um, aggressive denial of church teaching on the sanctity of human life, on the sanctity of marriage, on the sanctity of the human dignity of the person and the genders God established and created, and the ones that we're born into with, and who we are as persons. And there's so many violations in the public sphere, but there's not enough very strong and clear voices to say this far and no further. We must not continue to allow this public abuse, this public scandal. What do you guys think about this? Yeah, I think there's a, there's a lot of things here. One is like, yes, absolutely. The whole gender question is a huge thing that I uh, talk about a lot because I think it's a fundamental issue that speaks to the very being of, of who a man and woman is. And the fact that gender is not even a thing. It's simply a language construct. And a sex is what we have, where male and female is what we're created as. Um, and then the whole issue of marriage, an article that was concerning me was Bill Gates and his wife had are divorced now. They just filed for divorce. Why? Because they just said they could not grow together anymore. There's no more for them to grow together. That's so very sad. And the reason why this is concerning is because it shows you money does not buy happiness. No matter how much money you have in the world, you will never be happy if you do not have God in your life. You need to have a God-centered marriage, a God-centered life, because everything else will leave you wanting more. And no amount of money will ever, ever fill that void. And then the other thing that was concerning me 
was the uh, Vatican Health Summit. The John Templeton Foundation, according to Church Militant, is a organization that promotes contraception in partnership with faith-based organization, is donating $750,000 for the Global Health Conference as one of the main uh, financiers. So that's very concerning. A organization that promotes uh, contraception among faith-based organizations is one of the main uh, funders of the health summit that's going to be happening soon. So that's very concerning as well. So there's all these attacks on the family contraception, which led to no-fault divorce, which led to the abortion movement, which led to the uh, to the gender confusion that we have today. All these things are connected. They cannot be, uh, we cannot be dispassionate about it. We should be angry about these things and we should be, uh, spurned to action and to prayer. Uh, anger is useless if we're just sitting there and boiling in anger, but uh, anger when it's good is causes us to act, to do uh, acts of reparation, to pray, to fast, to protest. Uh, these things that are God is calling us to do to stand up and defend his law. Um, and that, that, those are the things that were concerning me this over uh, the last 24 hours. <laughs> Thank God. Um, I saw yesterday Bishop Strickland posted. He shared the video of Archbishop Cordelione speaking about his pastoral letter and said, Thank you. I, I'm proud to stand with you as a successor of the apostle. And thank God for these two good bishops, good shepherds of the people who are truly standing up for truth and are not afraid to. Like Archbishop Cordelione, he's in a difficult diocese. <laughs> like at least Bishop Strickland's in Texas, you know, but Cordelione's in San Francisco and he is so brave. I'm just so grateful for his courage and standing up for true church teaching. Yeah, it's not easy, is it? Uh, but uh, this is the what needs to happen. But we need to see this this level of courage from from bishops all over the country. It's time to say, for the sake and the charity of the souls of those politicians who outwardly reject church's teaching, on this especially on the sanctity of life, but but on the church's teaching at all. Like it, that's been the frustration of lay faithful now for many years. We're tired of seeing this public scandal go unchecked. It's time for a little bit of courage to stand up and say, for your sake, for the sake of your soul, it's time to repent. It's time to confess. It's time to make amends. It's time to make it right and come back to the fullness of the faith. Boy, wouldn't that be amazing to see the, the reversion of public politicians. Amen? On the other side of this break, we're going to be talking about the critical race theory. Deacon Anthony. This is Dale Alfquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say, Why do Christians talk so much about God and so little about humanity? G.K. Chesterton says that the people who insist that we forget divine things and think of human things end up talking about how helpless human beings are because of their faulty environment or their fatal heredity or their uncontrollable animal instincts. And it all ends with the old fatalist cry that we must forgive everything because there's nothing to forgive. But these things are not the human things. These are the subhuman things, the, the things we share with animals. The human things are exactly what they dismiss as merely divine. The human things are free will, responsibility, authority, and self-denial. The things that are really human are also divine. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. 
Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Welcome back to the Catholic Drive Time Show. Today's Tuesday, May 4th, and these are your headlines for today. The Diocese of Rockville Center has released a list of 101 diocesan clergy it believes to be credibly accused of sex abuse of minors. The list is not meant to be complete, and most allegations date back decades. The list comes amid lawsuits from alleged clergy sex abuse victims and other compensation efforts in the New York Diocese, which is one of the largest in the U.S., The names of 101 accused clergy are listed on the document published at the website of Epic Corporate Restructuring. The diocese's territory on Long Island serves some 1.4 million Catholics out of of 3 million total residents, one of the largest dioceses by population in the U.S. Currently, the diocese has about 130 parishes and about 390 priests in active ministry, with some 220 of these being priests of the diocese, according to the diocese's website. In October of 2020, this diocese announced it would file for Chapter 11 bankruptcy after more than 200 new clergy sex abuse lawsuits were filed against the diocese. An estimated 100,000 people gathered in Montreal on Saturday to protest draconian COVID lockdown rules and what was the biggest Canadian anti-COVID march seen to date. The protest took place in the city of Montreal, Quebec, the largest French-speaking city in Canada, and saw protesters gather near the Olympic Stadium before taking to the streets on a planned route. The protest was planned and coordinated by a group called Quebec Debut, whose Facebook page posted videos of Saturday's event and reported that 100,000 people stood up to challenge health measures today in Montreal. The police were on site at the protest, handing out tickets for masking non-compliance to some protesters. Last week, Trudeau said his government is right now working on certificates of vaccination for travel with its allies, saying they are to be expected. The province of Quebec has some of the strictest COVID-19 lockdown rules in place in Canada. The entire province has been under a curfew for months. And a subway overpass collapsed late on Monday in the Mexican capital, sending a train plunging to the ground. At least 23 people were killed and over 70 were injured, according to officials. Rescue crews used ladders and a crane to search through the rubble for survivors. The city's subway system was known to have problems. At least 70 people were injured and emergency workers scrambled to the scene where tilted train cars lay amid tangled wires and twisted metal. As dawn approached, a crane was holding one car in the air as emergency workers checked to see whether any passengers remained trapped. Claudia Scheinbaum, the city's mayor, told reporters early on Tuesday that there were minors among the dead and that 49 people had been transferred to hospitals with injuries. The crash occurred on Line 12 of the subway system near the Olivos station in southeastern Mexico City, Mexico's Civil Protection Agency reported. I'm Emily Alcaraz, and these are your Tuesday morning headlines through a Catholic lens. Praise be to God in all things. Thank you, Emily, for keeping us up to date, uh, praying for those suffering in that accident in Mexico is pretty tragic. Um, before I jump into our conversation, I want to just remind you, you know, you can get the podcast version of our show. Just go to our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. And by the way, not only can you get the podcast there, you can also get it on iTunes and Spotify and the Google Play Store. 
uh, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, leave a review. That really helps us to grow our standing in those those uh, catalogs, and that helps us to reach a new audience. But also on our homepage right now, on our website for the Catholic Drive Time, we're streaming live, and you can comment there as well. So if you don't want to be on a social platform, you could just go to our website and watch and hang out and chat and interact at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. Joining us right now via Zoom chat from the Diocese of Arlington and Virginia, Deacon Gerard Marie Anthony is here. Good morning to you, Deacon. Good morning. Praise be to God, Deacon. Do me a favor, uh, lean in closer to your mic. We're getting a lot of feedback on your mic, so I just want to make sure we get a good, clear uh, audio from you on this conversation. It's a, cri- it's a it's an, it, critical race theory is the conversation. It's an important one. It's coming up in the headlines and stories all over the country. We're seeing it uh, sort of being uh, uh, brought about in the school curriculums. We're seeing it in the headline news, especially with in relation to... Uh, these riots all over across the country. So what is the issue with critical race theory? Is it, in fact, uh, compatible with Catholic thought? And we've invited Deacon Gerard Marie Anthony to be on with us to discuss that. Deacon, maybe you can start by telling us what is critical race theory. So critical race theory, it's a theory that was put out, pretty much it started around 1989, where they started having meetings for it. But what it basically promotes is that we need to be critical of who we are by our races so that we can actually uh, be divided into oppressor and the oppressed. Simply put, it's a theory that divides rather than unites, and we have to be careful about that. Mm. Deacon, do me, Deacon, I'm, I'm going to ask you to do me a favor, if you could. We're having a problem with your audio. It's getting a lot of noise from it. Can you just pick, can you call in our phone number and let's take your audio via the phone and we'll keep the video going for the live stream so we can get a, a little cleaner signal out of you for the audio. We're not sure what's causing that, but we want the cleanest possible audio that we can. Uh, so we're going to put the phone number in the chat box while you're doing that. I will uh, just uh, explain a couple things to our audience. So critical race, uh, critical theory in general is about the disparity between the lower uh, portion of society and the upper portion of society. And the idea, the concept is to try to make things more fair. And then you, you, you put the race issue in the midst of that and it becomes, um, a little bit, it becomes more dicey and more crazy. But the, here's the catch. It's being taught in schools, not just university levels, but it's being taught in, in high schools and middle schools all across our country. And we're starting to see a real problem with this. So with all of the talk of racism in our country these days, I think it's important for us as Catholics to uh, be reminded of what we believe, how we be- what, why do we believe this? The dignity of the human person made in the image and likeness of God. That is what we're talking about with Deacon Gerard Marie Anthony. Now we have you on by phone now, Deacon. Are, are you there? Yes, can you hear me? We can. Praise be to God. Thank you again for jumping on the phone. It's a little cleaner signal for us. All right, so uh, you were saying you were starting to give the roots of critical race theory before we had to switch you over. Yes. So what it is, is it's a, it was something that was started. One of the founders was a guy named Richard Delgado, and they got together with a bunch of people, and it's, it's really based off of something that's called deconstruction. That's an approach where you look at traditions, concepts, and practices, and you show how they, with the critical race theory, 
It shows how they have unsuspecting meanings of internal contradictions involving race. So this means, and this is from Delgado himself, he says, basically, if you look at somebody and you think you're not racist, that means that you're racist. <laughs> uh, I mean, and what it is, and the reason that they do that is because it's trying to get rid of tradition. And again, this is what he's saying himself. The problem with this, this deconstruction, is that it has a blueprint from not just critical race theory, but critical theory, which is defined as a Marxist-inspired movement uh, from the Frankfurt School, which draws from the thought of Karl Marx and Sigmund Freud. Mm. And with Marx, he said he had something that basically said you need one thing which we would call a thesis, a second thing that's called an antithesis, and then that going back and forth will produce a synthesis. So everything's about power, uh, according to this Marxian part of the deconstruction. With Freud, you have the id, which is your instinct, then your ego, which is how you deal with reality in a socially acceptable way, and then you have the superego, which is your consciousness. You're aware of this. So everything's based on pleasure. So with this deconstruction, you have power and pleasure, what feels good and what makes you more powerful. Now, clearly, that goes against Catholic teaching because John Paul II says, look, we're not called to be masters of suspicion. He actually calls out Freud and Marx by name in his theology of the body. And he says, these are the antithesis of life, which is a big word. I mean, that's, that's a big deal. He's saying this is, this is the antithesis of life, meaning you cannot find the meaning of life through this lens. It's scary because if this is being taught in the schools, as well as just in society in general, what's being taught is not how can we unite, but how can we be divided and constantly be in battle with one another? That doesn't bring peace. That brings separation. You know, Deacon, one of the things that I see quite frequently, we are going to be coming up on a break here in a moment, but I see this sort of intended conflict as pushing people into conflict. I think that's what you just said. Um, yeah. Rather, rather, I mean, it's like sort of the solution becomes worse than the problem itself. You know, if the problem is one group of persons are not treating another group of persons with dignity and respect inherent to their very being as being creatures of God, then uh, maybe the answer is we, 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 we swap the tables on them, and then we, we force one to be subjected by the other in reverse. But that's also an injustice, and it seems yeah. that society fails to see the virtue of justice. So I'm going to plant that seed with you because we're going to grow up against a break right now. When we come back, I'm going to let you all have an opportunity to maybe address that. But we're talking about the critical race theory uh, being taught in schools near you. I promise it's kind of a big deal as Catholics, let's be reminded of what this is and why it's opposed to what we believe and what we ought to do about it. But Deacon Gerard, Marie Anthony, all that coming up on the other side of this break. Don't go anywhere. Be right back. I want it, and I want it now. One Minute Monk, Abbot Placid Solari of Belmont Abbey. 
Our culture trains us to want things to happen quickly. St. Benedict, however, had a different idea and writes about it in his rule. When someone wants to join the monastery, he lets him wait outside for several days to see whether he will give up and go away or whether he will persevere and keep on knocking at the door. He knew that to accomplish any worthwhile task in life, it takes a steady commitment over time. If we allow ourselves to get frustrated and give up when we do not get immediate results, we may never accomplish anything worthwhile. For your free copy of The Rule of St. Benedict, visit OneMinuteMonk.com, O-N-E-MinuteMonk.com. If we are confident that what we are attempting is what God wants us to do, we simply need to keep trying. God will bring about the end He wants. We merely need to be faithful to the task. Hi, I'm Emily Alcaraz, and I'm the co-host of the Catholic Drive Time Show, which airs from Monday to Friday at 6 a.m. Central Time. I'm excited to announce our partnership with our new underwriter, Real Estate for Life. Real Estate for Life offers a faith-based experience while supporting the gospel of life. They work with over a 1,000 pro-life agents worldwide and generously support a variety of pro-life organizations. Their website is realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to God. It's good to be on with you. We're talking with Deacon Gerard Marie Anthony, the Diocese in Arlington, about the critical race theory. And uh, before we went to the break, I was uh, planting a seed in the Deacon uh, about this sort of lack of justice, this idea, the virtue of justice in society uh, seems to be tossed out left and right all the time. And um, we're starting to see the overreaction from one side to the next in uh, in supposedly dealing with the issue of racism. Deacon, what would you say to that? I would totally agree with that. And with justice, because that's giving somebody their due, critical race theory can be one of the ultimate means of injustice because the things that are due to us, love, our name, communion with others, those are all violated in this theory. So for example, we're due a good name. That's one of the things that's important to us. But in this theory, you're labeled not by what you've done in actuality, but just because you're labeled by your skin color or your occupation. Um, If you might be white, you're privileged. Even if you've grown up poor, this means that you're labeled for something. And even being you're labeled as someone as intrinsically evil, just because of your skin color, Mm. you're labeled as an oppressor, which in this theory would be evil, which means you're going to be oppressed. You're not able to be forgiven. And that is a denial of God's love and mercy towards you. That's horrible. But also with love, if we're due love, that means not being judged. If we have, if you look at another person and you say, hey, you're racist because of your skin color or your occupation, you're an oppressor. How is that loving? If you see someone just as evil, you're not going to want to have communion with them, which is 
something that's essential to love. In this theory, justice is crucial because people are due their name, the right to be able to want to interact with you and not to be judged by the color of their skin. Mm. But they should be judged by the content of their character. This throws all of that away and says you are an oppressor because you are not a person of color. Amen. Wow. That's so profound, Deacon. Thank you for that. And I wanted to say, because I've been having such an issue with the issue of racism coming up in America, because I want to, like, I know that as Catholics, we have to treat everyone with dignity and respect. That I, And I know that this country does have a history of racism. And so I do want to support people of color, people who have been um, victimized in this country in the past. But with the Black Lives Matter movement, they're based on critical race theory and Marxism. And so how do we as Catholics approach this movement when we want to, you know, uh, dig, uh, affirm the dignity of people of color, but don't necessarily want to be associated with um, critical race theory? Well, I think you hit on two crucial points. One of the first things is everybody has to realize that we do want to affirm people of color. We can't make rash judgments and say just because you don't agree with critical race theory that you are a racist. We are entitled by right to our opinions. But one of the things is, and uh, a verse from James comes to mind, James chapter 2, where it says, one who fails in one of the laws is guilty in respect of violating all of them. So a lot of people will say, well, look, we need to uphold this because we need to uphold black people, but therefore we can throw off different things of the faith, like, for example, it promotes, um, like, homosexual unions, or it promotes that other people that are not of color are bad. That violates our faith. So what we have to say is, it's not that you can do something bad in order to have a good result. What we have to say is, no, we have to do everything good. And as Romans twelve twenty one says, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. We have to look for ways to love, not to make rash judgments on people, not to label people as unlovable, but look for ways to connect with them. So if we can support the black community in the best way is by actually reaching out to others that are not of our same race. That's love. St. John says, and this is love, not that we have loved God, but he loved us first. And we have to imitate that. Take way time to make ways to reach out to other people, to bring in peace. That's what we have to do. Uh, Deacon, I grew up in Houston, Texas. I'm 23 years old. And, you know, I never really thought about race until I was older because people started talking about it so much and pushing it and saying how America is racist and all these things. But me growing up, I played football from when I was four years old through high school. I played with people who are black, white, Asian, and otherwise. Uh, and my whole family, it, it's just, it never seemed to occur to me uh, to even think about people in terms of race. Do you think it's helpful to be talking about race or do you think it would be better if we would judge people and have made friends based off of character and didn't even address the race issue. Yeah, I think, I mean, we all have races, but I think the, the danger with just focusing solely on the race is you miss the entire person. Uh, say, for example, I have a lot of friends that are white or Asian 
or um, I have a Vietnamese friend, and it's all, I call them my sisters. The reason that we were able to connect as family is because we didn't just stop with the race card. That was just a way that we could unite our cultures. As you were saying, like when you're playing football, you're all on the same team. This is, I mean, really, it's an it's a illustration of the body of Christ. We all have different parts to play, but our diversity actually is a blessing. It's not something that should separate us, but it's something that should unite us together. So we shouldn't focus solely on the race, which is what this theory does, but you have to look at the entire person. As John Paul II would say, we are called to love, and we're called to love in a dynamic way. The problem with this race theory is not that race is unimportant. It's that it stops and makes it a stopping point to getting to know the entire person. And so we shouldn't just focus on race in and of itself. We're all on the same team. And to use your football analogy, we got to go towards the goal, towards heaven, not focus solely just on the sin, like of racism, but we got to focus on the person, getting each other to heaven. That's where our focus should be. Uh, there's a little proverb that says, peace is not the absence of trouble, but it's the presence of Christ. And when we can see Christ in one another, that's where we can find healing, not just in this, this divide where we're pushing each other away because of our different races. Well, we have about four minutes left on the clock. And um, one other question I had was, recently I've seen more and more people that are minority uh, come out and talk against critical race theory. And whenever I see this, I hear a response from the critical race theorist that there is a multiracial racism that is happening where people of other races other than white are having imbibed racism and they're uh, being there in their hanging on to their own impression. How do we respond to those kind of accusations whenever people bring that, those kind of things up? Well, I think one of the things with all kinds of racism, whether it's just from one race, whether it's from multiple races, you have to be careful. Um, and I would say this, I, I would say the cost of racism is $5 and 58 cents. And what do I mean by that? And this will then I'll swing back to answering your question. It's fifty-eight cents because it violates the fifth and the eighth commandments. Right? False judgment, like false ideologies or lies, and then killing the soul because you're not seeing them in love; you're labeling them. But then you have the five dollars, five-dollar question, which is. What is this? You're making a rash judgment, but you're also trying to get rid of racism. Both of those sins can be defined with the same five words, the absence of God's love. When you have an absence of God's love, you have hatred. You don't have unity. So when people are talking about a whole bunch of different races are experiencing this and making one race feel victimized, what we have to do is say, not focus on being a victim, but focusing on the victor, who is Christ our Lord. So I would actually answer that by saying we need to focus on Christ, and then 
you can give examples like uh, recently at the Oscars, uh, Tyler Perry was talking about we shouldn't be geared towards hate. That's the big thing. Hate is the sin. That's where all of our focus should be on, not on the different races that might be helping to keep one particular race down. Hate is overcome with love, and that's what we have to focus on, Christ and love, because God is love. Mm. And in that, we always win when we go with love. We only have about a minute and uh, 20 seconds or so left in our conversation with Deacon Gerard Murray Anthony about the critical race theory. Uh, last point, and again, only about a minute left to respond, is uh, our country is being labeled as inherently and systematically racist. What would you say to that, Deacon? I would say that is false. The systems that are in our country are meant to get towards happiness. It's in our Declaration of Independence. We become happy when we fulfill our calling. If our country was inherently racist, uh, which it's not, that would mean that we would have laws that would con consistently be able to just hold black people down. It's not the system. It's how the people in the system operate. I'm going to have to cut we you off there. I am out of time, Deacon. I'm so sorry, but we are oh. very grateful to you. God love you, Deacon. Have a great day. Thank you for being a part of our show today. All right. God, God bless you. God bless you, too. That's going to do it for our first hour. Join us in the second hour. You can find the links and watch live right on our website at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. That's grnonline.com forward slash cdt. We'll see you in the next hour. Prizes are involved. God bless you. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. some friends who are Catholic who say that you don't have to believe everything that the church teaches, whether it's in the catechism or not. Is that true? No, it's not true. If you want to call yourself Catholic, but you want to pick and choose for yourself which of the church's teachings to accept and which to reject, you give everyone else who calls himself Catholic the right to do the same thing. For example, you believe women should be priests. In the Catechism of the Catholic Church, paragraph 1577, it states, Only a baptized man validly receives ordination. For this reason, the ordination of women is not possible. You don't believe that. Well, that's fine. I just made this a catechism of your Catholic Church, but not mine. But remember, if you can throw doctrines out, so can everyone else who calls himself Catholic. That gives Joe Parishioner over at St. Doubting Thomas Catholic Church the right to throw out the church's social justice teachings. He doesn't feel like feeding the hungry, caring for the poor, and all that other bleeding heart stuff. Paragraphs 2401 to 2463. I just made this a catechism of his Catholic church, but not mine. You believe contraception is okay. Paragraph 2370 says contraception is intrinsically evil. Joe Parishioner doesn't like what the church teaches on the death penalty. Paragraphs 2364 to 65. You don't like what it teaches on these pages, pages 505 to 508. He doesn't like what it teaches on these other pages here, pages 610 to 615. Can you see what's happening? 
I heard it said once that there is a shortage of vocations to the priesthood in the United States, but no shortage of vocations to the papacy. If we don't believe in all of it, if we each appoint ourselves Pope and throw out a doctrine here or a doctrine there, then our faith is no longer Catholic. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Your Odyssey begins at the University of Dallas, the premier Catholic liberal arts university in Texas. With campuses in Irving and Italy, UD's rigorous core curriculum sets it apart. An education rooted in the great works of Catholic and Western tradition. An education that ennobles and enables students in their pursuit of wisdom, truth, and virtue. Undergraduate, graduate, and certificate programs available. Start your college odyssey at the University of Dallas today. Go to udallas.edu to learn more. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God, we ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious, it's fun, it's your Catholic Drive Time. With Joe McLean and Emily Alcaraz. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. It is so good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning to you. Thanks for being a part of our program this hour. We just wrapped up a conversation in the last hour with Deacon Gerard Marie Anthony from the Diocese of Arlington. We were talking about the critical race theory. Would have loved to have had a few more minutes with them, but we ran out of time. We'll be posting that conversation on our Facebook, YouTube, Rumble, and all the other places we place uh, our content on later today, so you can listen to that. But, you know, you should consider subscribing to our podcast as well. One great way to get our podcast, besides the website and iTunes, iCloud, Spotify, Google Play, whatever, all those places, you can also just get it on our mobile app. You know, you can just download our mobile app, and you can actually listen to the podcast straight over the mobile app, as well as listen live, too. So, great place to do that. You can Find it in your app store, iOS and Android. Just search for the Guadalupe Radio Network. Praise be to God. It's a great place to do that. You can also, again, find links on our website. Interact live. Watch the stream. All of that at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. Good morning to you, Emily Alcaraz. Good morning. That was such a great, fascinating conversation. I've never really heard that whole perspective um, from someone, so I thought that was really interesting. It was. Critical race theory is a good conversation to have as Catholics. I think too often we, we sort of uh, shrink from difficult topics because it's like uh, religion and politics at the Thanksgiving dinner table. You just avoid these things, but we can't. Oh, we can't avoid I, I know Christopher Chance has something to say about that. <laughs> we'll have that conversation in the after show, I'm sure, which is the second half of this hour. If you're able to join us, uh, we'd love to have you there. You can, again, watch live and comment right on our website at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. But the after show is all about what you want to talk about. You get to drive that conversation. Speaking of being driven, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Good morning. Good morning. Yes, I am being driven, uh, or at least I was driving here every morning <laughs> at Three in the morning. Praise uh, be to God for that. I was talking about driven, like, you know. Like oh, like motivated. Motivated. Oh, motivated. Yeah, right. Driven. Less and less every day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Typical of your generation, sadly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, praise be to God. Good conversation, though. Good conversation. Um, we're very grateful to the diocese for letting us have that conversation with Deacon Anthony. Um, so today, on this hour, we're going to do Fear and Trembling. 
Catholic Trivia Game Show. By the way, the phone number, the rules, all of that is posted on our website, grnonline.com forward slash cdt. Uh, plus, we're going to do breaking news and stories. Plus, we're going to, to do Saint of the Day and Gospel of the Day. And this is all good news hour, so... It's the good news segment coming up, so no, no, uh, no depressing and, and you know brooding stories in the headlines today, right, Emily? That's right. All no good more. news. What are we going to do after uh, May fourteenth when you're gone? And uh, you know, there, will good news die forever? I wonder. Probably. I'm just going with I'll, the departure I'll, of Emily. Will be all brooding news. Exactly. I'll, <laughs> I'll list all the most depressing news I can find, and I'll put that here instead. You know, here are all the puppies that died yesterday. <laughs> Ouch! That's horrific. The puppy death count would be terrible. We don't want that. Thank you, but no. Ouch. All right. Well, enough of that, I guess. Let's pray. Whatever's on your heart, your mind, your intentions, of course, you can post them in the com box We, if you're watching on YouTube or Facebook, and we would surely include those. But your, your guardian angel knows your intentions, so you can, you can send your guardian angel to include them. That would be amazing. Praise be to God. Uh, but we're also praying for the needs of our radio apostolate, this particular team here. Uh, God's provision for replacing Emily on the team and her uh, transition back home and for her future. Let's ask Our Lady, Queen of Heaven, to intercede for all of us. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word Incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now the headlines with Emily Alcres. A new online course to be offered by the Archdiocese of Denver this summer will aim to teach lessons from St. Joseph in honor of the ongoing year of St. Joseph. The course for both men and women will be taught by Daniel Campbell, director of Denver's St. John Vianney Seminary Lay Division. While the university courses were previously accessible only to the faithful of Colorado, anyone may now join for the six-week St. Joseph course as it is being offered online. The course curriculum will use scripture as its basis, working through the basic chronology of St. Joseph's life and explaining the theological significance of events involving him. Joseph is famously silent in scripture, but Campbell says he also plans to use the writings of church fathers and various saints to offer insightful meditations and logical inferences about St. Joseph. Campbell hopes the logical inferences about St. Joseph's life will help participants to relate to Joseph personally and thus to grow in devotion to him. Pope Francis in December declared a year of St. Joseph in honor of the 150th anniversary of Blessed Pius IX declaring the saint patron of the Universal Church. The blood of St. Januarius, patron of the southern Italian city of Naples, liquefied on Sunday. The Naples Archdiocese announced that the miraculous event took place at 5.18 p.m. local time on May 2nd, and a video posted to YouTube on May 3rd showed a Monsignor displaying the reliquary and turning it to demonstrate that the blood inside a spherical ampule had turned from a solid to a liquid state. During the miracle, the dried, red-colored mass confined to one side of the reliquary becomes blood that covers the entire glass. In local lore, the failure of the blood to liquefy signals war, famine, disease, or other disaster. The bones and blood of St. Januarius are preserved as relics in Naples Cathedral. The bishop is believed to have been martyred during the Diocletian persecution, 
and the reputed miracle is locally known and accepted, though it is yet to receive official church recognition. The Basilica of the Annunciation in Nazareth will lead the Global Rosary Marathon for an end to the coronavirus pandemic today. Catholics gathering today on May 4th at the Basilica, which marks the spot where tradition holds that the angel Gabriel appeared to the Virgin Mary, will offer the rosary for all expectant women and their unborn babies. The Church in Israel is the fourth of 30 Catholic shrines around the world to lead the rosary during the month-long initiative introduced by Pope Francis. The Pope launched the prayer marathon on May 1st when he led the rosary in St. Peter's Basilica, and the initiative will end on May 31st with the rosary in the Vatican Gardens. The first shrine to lead the event was Walsingham in England, followed by the Shrine of Jesus the Savior in Nigeria, and yesterday was Jasnagora in Poland. The rosary today at the Basilica of the Annunciation will take place at 7 p.m. Jerusalem time and will be live-streamed. I'm Emily Alcaraz, and these are your Tuesday morning headlines through a Catholic lens. Praise be to God in all things. Blessed Ladislaus of Gilniov, pray for us. Blessed Ladislaus was born in 1440 in Poland. He was educated at the University of Warsaw, joined the Franciscan Order of Friars Minor Observant. He became their doorkeeper in the monastery, but he was elected provincial of his order in 1487 and again in 1496. He sent Franciscan missionaries to Lithuania. Their work brought many schismatics back to the church, praise be to God, and he was a noted preacher. He traveled across Poland, evangelizing from one end to the other. In 1498, he led a prayer campaign to protect Poland from invading Tartars and Turks. A raging winter storm stopped the invaders, and the Polish army was able to rout them. Praise be to God. The victory was attributed to the prayer warriors and the effort of blessed Ladislaus. He became the abbot of the Warsaw Monastery, and on Good Friday, 1505, while in prayer, Ladislaus levitated, hanging in the air as if crucified. When he came down, he collapsed completely and was bedridden until his death a few weeks later. He died on, the May, on May 4th, 1505, and was beatified by Pope Benedict XIV in 1750. Blessed Ladislaus of Gilniov, pray for us. The gospel today comes to us from John chapter 14, verses 27 through 31. Jesus said to his disciples, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give it to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled or afraid. You heard me tell you, I am going away and I will come back to you. If you loved me, you would, you would rejoice that I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you this before it happens, so that when it happens, you may believe. I will no longer speak much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming. He has no power over me. But the world must know that I love the Father, and that I do just as the Father has commanded me. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. That last bit, the ruler of this world is coming. Oof. Let that sink in for a moment. Where are your allegiances? How do you, what lens do you see your existence through? The world around you, your life, the purpose, the, the meaning you have. Is it the world, the flesh, and the devil, or is it from above? Who is the master that you would serve this world and its supposed 
philosophy and its supposed wisdom, or that of Christ, who must go to the cross so that the world would know that he loves the Father and does the Father's will. Because as disciples, we are reminded to take up our cross and to follow him there to Calvary and there be crucified next to our Lord and to die, that they would know that we love the Father and that we do as the Father wills. What did you find, Adrian? Yes, so a couple things. And uh, a lot of this is repeat, so I'll go over briefly and then get to the one new thing. One, uh, the combating of the, the heresy of Arianism was used here, according to Cornelius Lapide. He's used this to talk about the divinity of Christ and talk about the uh, heresies of subordinationism, meaning that our Lord was subordinate to the Father, meaning less than the Father. Uh, so this was uh, combated here because Cornelius Lapide says no. See, in his human nature, he is less than the Father, but in the divinity of Christ, he is equal to the Father, and the only distinction between the Father and the Son uh, is that of procession, that of, uh, and, that, and that's the, the emphasis on the Trinity. Uh, so that's the important part here. The other thing, he talks about predestination, which we've talked about a few times, as doing the will of the Father. So does, he have, does our Lord have free will if he subordinates himself to do the will of the Father? Well, yes, because according to Thomism, according to Thomas Aquinas, our Lord subordinated himself freely. So he chose the good, even though because he is God, he cannot do um, evil, but he chose the good because he can only do good, but freedom as such, freedom is to do good. And so that's why all of our freedoms, that's why we can say, let's ban pornography, let's ban evil things. Why can we ban evil things? Because freedom is not licentiousness, which means being able to do whatever you want. Freedom is in doing what God wants. Freedom is in, is in doing the good, choosing the good which ultimately is God. And then finally is uh, the reference to peace here. And so I want to point back to the mass at the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass and the traditional ma- mass at the peace, uh, which is only done in solemn high masses, which is not done at, at uh, Misa Cantatas, high masses or low masses. The uh, priest will take the peace of Christ that he receives from Christ himself and pass it on to the deacon. The deacon will take that piece and hand it off to the subdeacon and the subdeacon to the acolytes and the servers and to the servers to the people. What this symbolizes is that the grace that God wishes to give us starts in origin from Christ himself. And from Christ, he descends that grace. He allows us to participate in that grace. And how does he allow it to participate through the hierarchy of the church? He gives his grace. He gives his peace through the hierarchy of the church, which is why we need a priesthood because the priest, he takes the peace of Christ, which is our Lord Jesus Christ, which we have in the blessed sacrament. And he takes that peace and he's able to hand it on to us. And what do we do? But we receive it. We have to receive, we have to be receptive, which is why the uh, body of Christ is symbolized as a woman typically and Christ as the man, because he gives and we receive in the same way that man gives and woman receives. Uh, so I think that's another important point to, uh, to note. Amen. Praise be to God. We love the uh, gospel reflections. I think it's an awesome opportunity. One of the reasons why we do it is so that uh, you, may, you might be exposed to things that you might, you know, like, like studies, commentaries in particular, that you probably aren't looking at yourself. Uh, Cornelius Alapide is one of them. Uh, St. Thomas Aquinas is another. But we have that secret and hidden agenda coming up after this break. We're talking about the game show. We definitely are very biased. 
But prizes are involved, so it's kind of a winner for everybody. If you want to be a part of it, 877-757-9424. Don't even need to know the answers. 877-757-9424. We'll be right back. Fear and Trembling is coming up next. Blessed John Paul II once said, As the family goes, so goes the nation, and so goes the whole world in which we live. How easy it is to point fingers and place blame for the mess in which our society has found itself. But stop just for a minute and ask, what have I done to make it better? Is my family doing anything to improve the world? Possibly the most effective thing a family can do for society is pray together regularly. Pray for our president every single day. Pray for all our government leaders, our bishops and priests, our teachers, our military, our business owners. Create a list of family petitions. If the teenager puts an anonymous prayer request on the list, let it be anonymous. Prayer is our greatest weapon to change the nation and the world. Remember what Father Patrick Payton said, the family that prays together stays together. This has been a minute for your marriage and family with Balanced Families Ministries. So many of us carry such heavy burdens. She's having a relationship with George. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. Deep within, we struggle because sin separates us from God. But thanks to the grace of confession, God compassionately listens, forgives, and sets us free. So if it's been a while since you've been to confession or mass, come home and experience a fresh start. Visit catholicscomehome.org. Having trouble with your car radio? No worries. The Guadalupe Radio Network has just released our new version of our app. With the app, you can get a crystal clear connection of your local station no matter where you are. You can also listen to podcasts of past shows and find more ways to connect with us. Getting the new app is easy. Just search the App Store on your phone for the Guadalupe Radio Network and either download it or if you already have it, choose the update option. Happy listening. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. <laughs> the Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling, the Catholic Trivia Game Show, where we have a secret and hidden agenda. So please don't tell this to anybody. Keep this just between us. But we like to do a few things on this show. We like to, one, teach a little bit about the faith. So you always learn something you probably didn't know before. Praise be to God. And then we like to have a little laugh. We like to have a good time. And our contestants are always such a good sport. And then, of course, we give out prizes. So it's, it's a winner for everyone involved. Praise be to God. But here's the kicker. We do not ask the caller the questions. The caller uh, doesn't have to even know the answers to these questions because I ask Emily, I ask Adrian. One of them will be right and the other will be wrong. And the caller will have 15 seconds on the clock to make a decision. Who do they trust more, Emily or Adrian? And then every right answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. 
Tell them what they could win, Emily. This week's prize sponsor is RoughToRustic.com, and that's Rough, the number two, Rustic.com. Now, I love Rough to Rustic so much. It's it's run by a Catholic mom, Michelle, who makes wooden decor. Um, she's from Texas, and she makes these beautiful, beautiful, my favorite product is rosary hangers. So that she's got all a variety of all kinds of rosary hangers that you can put up in your home so the rosaries aren't just like lying around all over the place getting tangled up together all the time. This week, she is giving away a Miraculous Metal set that you can hang up in your home that has the front and the back of the Miraculous Metal. So thank you, Rough to Rustic. Amen. Praise be to God. And again, I'm so grateful for all the phone calls that do come in. Uh, Thank you for trying to be on the program. That really is special to us. If you don't get on today, tomorrow is a new opportunity. And don't forget, pro-level tip, the phone number's on the website, so you can call early if you'd like but let's go to the phones uh good morning to you kim tony and victoria thanks for being a part of our show good morning how are y'all praise god we are alive and that counts <laughs> how are you we're great and we're, great. where are you where are you from right now we are uh we're from Rowlett, texas we're on our way to dallas where the kids go to school at notre dame school of dallas hey now so uh it's, this is the kim and tony that played a couple months ago it is Hey, now, welcome back. Thank you. And Victoria, I think you're new, right? Yes, Victoria's new in the car. She just came back. She was virtual, and now we have her back in person. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. Well, good morning, Victoria. It's so good to have you with us today. Hopefully, I mean, uh, I'm I'm willing to bet you're probably going to get a lot of these right, so it's going to be a lot of fun. We're very excited for you. Uh, But Kim, Kim... Kim and Tony being veterans, they know the deal. They, they they understand that Emily and Adrian can be very sneaky, and you got to listen carefully, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Are you ready to play? Yes. Here we go. We'll go. Emily, uh, is this our custom? Emily, are you ready? I'm ready. Are you sure? Yes. Are you sure? Mm-hmm. Emily, can you tell me what are the four... Cardinal virtues. I feel like we might have gone over this recently. Like really recently, like, like maybe yesterday. Super, like, like might have been yesterday. Super recently. Yeah. Um, so I actually do, I have a bad memory, but I do remember this. Mm-hmm. Prudence, justice, temperance, and fortitude, I believe. You believe. Okay. Okay. So prudence, justice, temperance, and you said fortitude, I think. Yes. Okay. Let's see what uh, Mr. Adrian has to say. Adrian, can you tell me what are the four cardinal virtues uh that would be faith hope and charity okay so it's just one two faith, faith hope and charity faith hope and charity faith hope and charity yep. okay so adrian is on the hook for faith hope and charity as the four cardinal virtues and emily's on the hook for prudence justice temperance and fortitude 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Who's trying to fool you? Kim, Tony, Victoria, what say you? I think it's going to be Adrian. No, it's Emily. Emily called us three. Emily. Emily. Uh, Do we have a consensus? I'm hearing both names called out. (laughs) Emily. Emily. (laughs) There we go. Emily's Emily's Yeah, good job. Well done. Excellente. Uh, well done. I, I, I always forget to get my dub button ready before we do these things. 
Uh, faith, hope, and charity, huh, Adrian? I mean, uh, so at the university, math wasn't a strong suit, was it? You know, I got a degree in theology, three equals one in theology, so my math is not great. <laughs> okay. okay. He has a point. Yes, he, he has a point. <laughs> Praise be to God. You got it right. Uh, by the grace of God, you are in the divine, the cup, coffee cup of divine providence, so congratulations. Two more opportunities. Woo-hoo! I think the next two are fairly easy let's just see how they go now adrian Uh we'll start with you again here we go uh adrian the the pope is considered infallible in what instances uh let's see well the pope is infallible all the time like perpetually infallible everything that comes from his mouth is the divine word of god like even if he says mint ice cream is the best of course (laughs) of course well and let only if he says chocolate if he says chocolate, then yay, yes. Yay, then yes. Amen. I'm sensing a contradiction yay, yay, there. He's, uh, he's divinely infallible in all cases. Especially regarding chocolate. Especially regarding chocolate. <laughs> amen. Praise be to God. Okay. All right. So your answer is always. Always. Okay. Perpetually. All right. Let's see what Emily has to say. Emily, can you tell me the Pope is considered to be infallible in what instances? The Pope only speaks infallibly in specific cases. So this would be when he's speaking as head of the church from the chair of Peter mm-hmm. on uh, topics of faith and morals. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he, he asked, he's the head of the church, he's the Pope, or he's the, you know, the vicar of Christ anyway. And he's speaking specifically, you're saying, on faith or morals. So yes. chocolate still counts, I guess. No. I'm pretty sure uh, it's immoral. Well, that's going to be an after-show conversation. I can <laughs> see it now. Okay, so Emily's on the hook for head of the church, speaking specifically on faith and morals. And Adrian is on the hook for everything the man says is infallible. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Kim, Tony, and Victoria, what say you? I think um, it's going to be Emily. Yes, we think Emily. Survey says... Congratulations, yes. Victoria! You got it right, Victoria. Well done. That uh, Adrian boy, he is—he's—he's—he's he's, he's shifty. You got to watch for him. Uh, that's, right? a, that's a heresy called ultra monetism. Ultra monetism. The, the when we think that everything the Pope says is infallible. Is that what you just said? Pretty yeah, much. Montanism. Yep. Yeah. Montanism. So you just learned a ten-dollar word: the heresy of montanism. Ultra monetism. Ultra. Forgive me. Ultra. Uh, that's like a montanism. <laughs> like a, that's like a laundry detergent commercial. This is the ultra <laughs> package. Yeah. But wait, there's more. There's the ultra heretic. Anyway, uh, so when you go to school today, you can say, "Yeah, you know, we're not ultra monetists." No, Mm-mm. you just throw that around. It'll impress your friends. All right, third third question, third opportunity to get into the coffee cup of divine providence. Here we go. Emily, what is the fifth of the sixth precepts of the Catholic Church in the U.S.? I want number five out of six of the precepts of the Catholic Church in the United States. Okay, well, I would say um, Catholic guilt and (laughs) what? Nothing. Keep going. I don't okay. Catholic guilt mm. and um, also the singing on eagle's wings at mass. Like I feel like that's something we should do regularly. <laughs> okay. What? Why? I, are you, I don't understand why why Joe's laughing. I don't either. It's a, sorry. Are you okay? I, I, allergies. I just got allergies. It's fine. So you're saying that the fifth of the six precepts of the Catholic Church says we have to feel guilty as Catholics? Yes. 
And like all the time. What was it about the Eagles Wing song? Um, we have to sing it regularly. I'm not sure how frequently. I'm just gonna say like every maybe every year we sing on Eagles Wings at least once at church. <sighs> okay, it makes sense to me. <laughs> I don't even want to ask you then. <laughs> let's, let's, but we'll try it anyway. Adrian, can you tell me, what is the fifth out of the six precepts of the Catholic Church in the United States? While the eagle's wings is incredibly convincing to me, I, I'm going to actually go with to contribute to the support of our priests. Okay. So Adrian is on the hook for contributing to the support of our clergy. And Emily is on the hook for... The fifth precept being Catholic guilt and having to sing on eagle swings. They go together. Regularly. Like it helps. <laughs> okay. So, 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Emily or Adrian? Kim, Tony, and Victoria, what say you? Well, that's really? It's really tough, but we think Adrian. It was a close Are one, sure? wasn't it? I don't Survey says. Yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Some difficult choices to make today, apparently, with the team. I yeah. mean, it was just like, who could who could decide these things? They're so so insanely tight. You know, it really would have got me if Emily would have said, go make a difference. Uh, that one would have, I would have been convinced. I would have been convinced. And, uh, do you have to do the hand signs, too? Of course. Is that like a requirement? There's hand signs. You didn't know about the hand signs? I've only ever experienced that once in my life. Okay, well, we'll, we'll change that. We'll change that. I'll show you after no, the show. No, thank you. <laughs> Kim, Tony, and Victoria, well done. Three, it's got a perfect score today. Three chances in the coffee cup wow. of Divine Providence. How do you guys feel about this? Victoria, perfect score. Congratulations. We're going to put you on hold to get our, make sure we have your number. But if it's God's will, your name will be pulled out of the coffee cup on Friday. God bless you guys. Have a great day at school today. Thank you. You too. Thank you. All right. Uh, praise be to God. That is going to do it for the radio side of our show. A lot of fun. Thank you to Kim, Tony, and Victoria for being such good sports and having a laugh with us today and uh, learning something along the way uh, in the after show. We'll be diving deep into Catholic guilt and on Eagle's Wings, apparently, along with uh, other topics that you want to discuss. Whatever you decide, that is our conversation in the after show. Facebook, YouTube, or on our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. God love you and God bless you. We have a great lineup this week. E. Michael Jones is coming back, and we're going to be talking about the cartels and human smuggling later in the week. It's going to be wonderful. Hopefully, you'll join us for all or part of it. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome to the After Show, where we get way more casual in conversating with you, our dear audience. So thank you for doing that. Praise be to God. Uh, whatever you want to discuss is on the agenda. All you got to do is comment on Facebook or on YouTube or on our website. 
grnonline.com forward slash cdt. You can actually watch live and comment there as well. Praise be to God. Um, it's a, I see a bunch of people here. I want to recognize Monica and Angelo and Christopher Velasquez and, and Jeff. I think I saw Jeff. Emily. Emily is really, really good, according to Genevieve, your, your fan base. Thank you kindly. Praise be to God. Valentine, good morning to you. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Praise be to God. Uh, Gloria, over on Facebook side, good morning to you. Nicola, good morning to you. Josh, it's good to see you. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Stan, thanks for hanging out. Maureen, it's good to see you. You're watching from work. Well, <laughs> praise be to God for that. Hopefully you don't get in any trouble. I'm also watching from work. Yes, you are. It's true. <laughs> um, buddy, good morning to you. Christopher Chance, of course. Lori, good morning to you. Our friend Patty was on, obviously, earlier. We, we love to see Patty always. Bruce Toman, good morning to you. Uh, Michelle Vaughn, good to see you back, commenting. Praise be to God. Um, let's see. Luz, good morning, Luz. Kathy is back on. Kathy. Kathy. She said, uh, God, blessed, uh, God blessed morning saints at and on CDT. I've been listening every day but not commenting because I was moving. Nice to see you all. God bless you, Kathy. Amen. It's so good to have you back, Kathy. Praise be to God. Valerie, good morning to you. Good, it's good to see you again, Valerie. Yeah, Sienna. Kathy. It's, it's, uh, we're glad to see you back on, Kathy. Thank you for hanging out with us again. We did get your email yesterday. Praise be to God. Glad to, glad to hear you've uh, found your sanctuary space. That's awesome. Uh, Je- uh, Jeff is uh, on with his kids. Genevieve says, Emily is really, really, really good. And uh, Sienna says, I'm really, really, really going to miss Emily, uh-huh. and I don't want her to leave. Oh, Sienna, that's so sweet. So Thank wh- you. What was that about Catholic guilt one more time? Um, <laughs> remind me Just again. Heap, heap the Catholic heap, guilt on him. Oh, heap the Catholic all guilt. the Catholic guilt. Uh, that's okay. It's a precept I, of the church. Listen, you have to do it. I'm sure Chicago is, is almost as good. Where's the yeah. on Eagles Wings button? Yes, we do need an on Eagles Wings oh, button. No. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, okay, you know what I do have a button for now though? Because Joe's kids came by the uh the oh, studio, oh, no. we created two new buttons. Oh no. Uh they're not bad. You'll like them. There's this one. Because uh his daughter was like, Oh, I love that song. Can we have that on a button? I said, Okay, that's I'll put it on a button. Yeah. And then this one. Which is uh the Hillbilly Thomist. So Oh, this is fun. And I'll give it a couple words, and then I'll turn it off. What a friend we have in Jesus. Okay, that's the best part. Good. So. Is Elijah on with you, Valerie? Good morning to you, Elijah and Valerie. Hopefully you're hanging out with bo- with us today, too. Uh, I don't know if Elijah got dropped off at school or not yet, but praise be to God. Yeah, we got to do a show just on... Um, what What is her name? Why can't I remember her name all of a sudden? Sound of Music. Um, Von, Von Trapp. Von Trapp. Maria Von Trapp. We need to do a show just on her. I did a show on her a couple of years ago, a year and a half maybe, uh, when they when Sophia Institute Press republished her year-long book on uh, Catholic traditions and family life, and she is uber cat or she was uber Catholic. I mean, amazing, you know, Catholic lady. We need to uh, we need to try to do something about that. Have somebody on who might be an expert in Maria von Trapp. Yeah. Their Catholic family life was pff, rock star. The blueprint. What are we listening to here? What, what, what's, what level of punishment are you inflicting upon us? So, um, hmm, hmm. I'm looking for the Jesus is a friend of my buddy. Hmm. 
Oh, that's bad. Isn't there a, uh, I'm just wondering, Is I thought there was a Jesus is a friend of mine. I can't see it. Yes. It's good to have this back. Jesus what? Is good to, it's good to, Joe just asked for this? Honestly, it is so much better. Yes. Desperation level 10. That's what that was. Desperation level 10. Jeff said that... On eagle's wings, so wrong, Emily, Jonah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Jonah. I hate to disappoint you. <laughs> what group is playing on the intro before you go on air? Uh, that, that is the uh, the TFP South. Um, they I was playing their some of their songs from their uh, music bed. Nice. Yep. So you can check out their YouTube channel. I'll link their YouTube channel. It's pretty awesome. I love their music because it's good, wholesome music, and it's a lot of fun, too. And so they, they sing a lot of these songs on their boys' camps. So they're good songs to go marching to and to just like, it's it's very just good fun. Holy uh, people singing about knights and chivalry and St. Michael and Our Lady. Uh, so it's, it's great. It's great. I love it. Did we have any first-time commenters today? I don't know. I don't know. I don't think so. There might have been one you mentioned at the beginning of the show, but I don't remember. Let's see if I can find the person. Yeah, I'm scrolling back up just to see. If we had one, hmm. I really, I, I, it's a sad day if I don't get to hit the Alleluia button. I know at least once, right? So let's see here. What do I see? I know I thought I saw somebody that I might have been a first-time commenter. I don't know. If you are hanging out with us and you are not commenting, just so you know and you're brand new, we like to lavish extra love on our first-time commenters. So make sure you uh, give yourself, a, you know, comment. Say, hey, I'm I'm new at this, and we will. We will embarrass you promptly and, and uh, accordingly, as is our custom. Praise be to God. I thought I saw somebody in the combo box that I did not recognize, but now all of a sudden I can't put my, my scroll on it. Yeah. I remember you saying that at the beginning, and I can't remember who it was. Hmm. Yeah, let us know. If you're a first-time commenter, Nicola? Don't, don't let us. Nicola? Nicola? Is she new? Mm, uh, Nicola. Man. man. Oh, Nicola's a... Was it? On my GRN page. Oh, Nick. Nick. Mine. Okay. Hold on. Was that um, Nicola? Was it Carboni Jr.? Yes. Buddy, are you new? Wait, is Buddy new? No, Buddy's not oh, new. Oh, okay. Yeah. Buddy, Buddy, we're going to be throwing your Vatican II question at Michael Lofton tomorrow. Oh, yeah, that's oh, right. Michael yay. Lofton's yeah. on tomorrow. So uh. you had that Vatican II question. We did not forget. Uh, we just, we, we saved it because tomorrow, I should have talked about this on the radio. Why didn't I talk about this? I forgot. Um Tomorrow, Michael Lofton returns in the What's Concerning Us segment, so that's 6.15 a.m. Central, 7.15 a.m. Eastern, and it's a, uh, now that's a tough question segment, and we're going to be throwing the tough questions at Michael Lofton just to uh, hopefully trip him up, but he, he's pretty he's pretty solid dude, so. Pretty, pretty sharp. Pretty sharp. I don't know. We'll have to see. Um, Kathy says, I also love the pre-CDT music. If you have any questions for Michael Lofton, uh, you can leave them here, or better yet, because then I'd have to uh, copy and paste these somewhere else. You could email me at adrian at grnonline.com. That's A-D-R-I-A-N at uh, grnonline.com. That is, uh, if you email me the questions, I will put them in the queue for uh, Michael Lofton. So what we do is uh, we have a list of questions that people have asked off air, uh, and I will, and Joe will choose which ones to ask Michael. And while that's while we wait for someone to uh, call in. 
And so if we get callers, we give deference to our callers. So if you sent me a question and you're like, I want to make sure I get that question in, uh, call in because we uh, give deference to our callers. And then we go to the written questions when we have time. Yes. Uh, Betty has a good question, too, that we could throw at Michael, which is uh, about boxing, whether boxing is moral. And I've heard other people, Betty, throw in other sports such as football is football moral what about mma is that moral um and other sports so that'd be a good question for michael often that could be a good question so we'll see what it, we'll see what he says about that praise be to god um what else what else is out there what did you guys think of the critical race theory conversation at least for those that hung out for that um i thought it was a good conversation Pretty. i could not have said it better nor have i heard anyone else say it better the, his focus yeah. on love and charity as the as the real main focus here, it's just perfect. Yeah, I, I the issues that I have with it are are the basically using the blanket statement that all of America is racist no matter what. Like that mm-hmm. to me is so insane. I mean, this is uh, a flawed country. Trust me, I'll be the first to tell you uh, about the flaws that I've seen in our country going all the way back to its founding. Um, I have. I have annoyed my friends and family members quite a bit over that kind of conversation. However, this is a country where people from all over the world can come here and make a living. They can make a, they can make a life for their, friend, for their family. But I guarantee I can go to many parts of this, this world and not be able to, to have the same opportunity. It's not, it's not a two-way road. If I went to certain places in this world, many places in this world, I would run into great difficulty to find a way to make a living. And uh, that's part of the beauty of our country. It has its issues that need to be worked out. There's no question. But it's definitely not. Who, what is going on? What am I listening to now? I was just thinking that the uh, the perfect thing about what you were saying was that we could, um, you know, there's there's a sort of thing that we could do whenever we Why are. Why are you stalling uh, for time? Are, <laughs> when we are working on these. Oh, that, I think that's what you're trying to get across, Joe. I think you're really trying what to get across I? that we can go and make a difference. I'm, mm, mm, was I? I this kind of mm. slaps. <laughs> I like this. What a bop, right? Yeah. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. To be honest with you, I don't know what's up with that. Adrian's on uh, picking out DJ music over here, and it's gone a little crazy. Hey, I'm just in the mood for uh, the gather hymnal. <laughs> gather hymnal, please. Maureen, you're hearting something. Will we heart you right back? Thanks for that. I'm not uh, sure what you're hearting. But Elizabeth said, uh, or Beth, uh, Betty said, I work in academia and really appreciate the discussion. Absolutely. And it, it boggles <laughs> my mind how much we like we're pushing this on our children because we're in which we're indoctrinating our children in these evil things yeah. and indoctrination literally just means like to teach dotre to teach and we are supposed to teach our children's things but we're supposed to teach them the right things and so we have to understand that there is no neutral ground when we teach uh the we've been told the lie and i was told the lie this whenever i was in public school that you know we have to keep religion out of the classroom and we're just going to teach the facts that's not true. You can never just teach the facts. There's always a narrative behind it. The question is, which narrative are you going to approach it with? And I recommend that we approach it from God's narrative. Uh, it's often a, a trope. People say, history is his story. 
why? Because we should be looking at everything through the eyes of God and through the eyes of the Catholic Church. You cannot get a good view of history without looking at it from the eyes of the Catholic Church. And so, yes, we have to abandon the idea that we can have a purely secular uh, religi- uh, education where we don't have any kind of uh, values in it. No, we have mm. to. We always will be teaching values. And if we teach no values, then that's the value we're teaching. Uh, so we have to pick and choose which values are we going to promote, and I recommend the Catholic Church. Pocahontas, good morning to you. I just saw that you snuck a good morning in up there in the YouTube com box, and I didn't uh, notice it at first. So good morning to you. Thanks for hanging out with us. Praise be to God. Yeah, I saw, it's interesting, Dallas, up in the Dallas area, there was an article this morning. I didn't reference it during the What's Concerning Us, but there was uh, an effort to bring critical race theory into the curriculum in the Dallas area. And the parents, they were like, we're not having this. And they fought to replace two of the school board members so that they could keep critical race theory out of their curriculum. We're seeing that all over the country, actually. Praise be to God. Parents are having to realize that they have got to get involved. Um, It's easy not to be involved, right? Because we're busy people. Lots going on in life. And when you're off, you just want to be off. You don't want to be spending more time doing all this other stuff, but you realize you can't get away with that because the the other side of the equation, the people who want to push things like critical race theory, they understand. All you got to do is be on the school board. All you got to do is uh, be a part of the leadership, the process, the, those folks that get to make the decisions on what gets taught and how and by whom, and then you win. Uh, and... Th- the war over our future, over the just uh, society of, of our future, will be waged among the young, among those in school. So heroic teachers and principals and faculty is needed for our time. Pe- people who live their Catholic faith in and out of society, public and private. Absolutely. Joaquin, good morning. And, you know, one of the things that uh, has really bothered me recently is we've been having a discussion among me and my friends about uh, activism, about protesting. And I was trying to make the argument and my friends, some of my friends are disagreeing. We're kind of split about like 70, 30, uh, 70% of us agree with me because, you know, I'm always right. That's, that's, I can't help it. It's God, funny. Well, that's God what just, they say too. God, you know, I, that's what I thought. I was yeah, like, you know, I think like, my friends said the same thing. Uh, but, they put a different emphasis on the syllables than you do, I think. But okay, right, go ahead. Exactly. Exactly. But the, the point that I was trying to get across is that God has ordained us to fight for him. God uh, wants us to fight for his law and his morality in the public sphere. We can't just put our heads in the sand and just allow uh, the world to just to ru- run roughshod over the world. And w- how do we do this? Well, so this is one of the things we we're arguing about. One of my friends was saying, well, we should just pray. We should work on ourselves and pray. And yes, of course, that's something that we should be doing. But it's not the only thing we should be doing because, one, we're called to be out in the public sphere because we are lay people as of right now we're lay people and if you're called to be in a monastery then praise be to god because prayer is powerful i'm not denying that i'm not denying that we need monasteries we need more religious but not everybody's called to religious life and those of us who are called to be in the world need to fight we need to protest these evils and people say oh but protests don't work you're just grandstanding making yourself feel better yada 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 no protests do work Protests do, do work. We've seen it happen. We saw it in, uh, whenever they were in, up in Spring, Texas. Um, there was a, sat- a satanic church that was opening up, and the, the Catholic church went out there, and the Catholic people went out there, and they prayed rosaries, and they protested them, and it got shut down. 
Um, and also, I won't release the name of the priest, but they got permission from the local bishop to do an exorcism on the site. And they did do an exorcism on the site, and immediately afterwards, it got shut down. They no longer are there anymore. We see that protests work at these drag queen story times. At drag queen story times all across America, they just, they just allow people to, they just do it. Why? Because no one's standing up against it. As soon as there's a crowd there that's showing and saying, hey, look at this. This is perverse. This is disgusting. We need to fight against this. This is the perversion of our children. It gets shut down. Why? Because most people agree that these things are disgusting. But we're scared to act. We're scared to stand up. We have been allowed to be shoved into the corner, shoved into the closet, and said, you can keep your religion, but you got to keep it inside your house. Don't let it leave the front door. Uh, don't let it get online. Don't let it go anywhere except your house. Um, and that's the way we've gone today. And so we have to stand up and fight. And, yeah. and these protests, these prayer rallies, these things work. Well, look at this. This is uh, an article out of CBN. Uh, it says, elderly preacher roughed up, arrested for preaching biblical marriage on UK street. This is a video that came out yesterday, the day before. And uh, we didn't mention, at least I didn't mention the What's Concerning Us section, but it says a UK Christian street preacher was arrested by police in northwest London on Friday and spent the night in jail. Why? Because he proclaimed what the Bible says about marriage on the street. <clears throat> that is why you must stand up to defend what is right, true, and just. Because the ability to have that opportunity is, is potentially at risk of going away. And you, we could easily find ourselves in the UK, what's going on in the United Kingdom. I didn't say Darfur, I didn't say Saudi Arabia, I didn't say Nigeria, I said the UK, England. They're arresting people in England for reading Bible verses that defend the dignity, the sanctity of, of marriage between a man and a woman. Um, Breitbart reported on it as well, it says the pastor, John Sherwood, and Pastor Peter Simpson of the Penn Free Methodist Church were preaching outside of the uh, Uxbridge, Uxbridge, Uxbridge probably, Uxbridge Underground Station located in Prime Minister Boris Johnson's own constituency. Simpson described what happened to Sherwood in the article for the Conservative Woman website on Tuesday. Sherwood, who's in his early 70s, was preaching to people on the final verses found in Genesis 1 of the Bible's Old Testament. God's design, he says, quote, God's design in creating mankind was to test human beings and families, headed by a father and a mother, not by two fathers or two mothers, he said. The distinction with, within mankind was of just two genders, male and female, made in the image of God constitutes the essence of God's created order. Well, they, they had a good time arresting this man and hauling him away. Seventy-some years old, and they hauled him away like a criminal because he would dare, you know, challenge those listening on the dignity of, of the persons made in the image and likeness of God as male and female and of marriage. And uh, this is why we need to stand up. What is just? What is right? We talked about that with the deacon. And uh, why critical race theory is is racist in itself. Why it's not just. And I think we forget about that. And Canada. Yeah, Kathy, we reported on a story out of Canada. In fact, uh, Canada is really, I don't know, Canada's in a bad way. It's really going uh, wackadoodle up there, in my opinion. They are trying to enact China-level censorship in China right now. 
And of course, we've seen that Polish pastor. I think they've got an arrest warrant out for him right now. He's tried, he's kicked the police out of his, uh, his community a few times. And, um, so they're coming after him pretty good. We might have to get, um, maybe John Henry Weston. We should get John Henry Weston back on the show. Yeah, we haven't yeah had it's him been a while. And, uh, have him address some of these topics. Jinx. Mm-hmm. Of course, we had Kennedy Hall on not that long ago. But, I mean, think England, England. Uh, Luz made a great, great comment. She said, I totally agree with you, Adrian. I, I, we don't want you to read the rest so, of it. So, are we able to block users? I'm just curious. Uh, she said, just, we need to pray, I but also protest. Totally, totally agree. That Amen, Luz. Okay, talking about censorship here. Okay. So, that, that kind of language is not tolerable, Luz. When you say things like, quote, I totally agree with you, Adrian, unquote. It's amazing. Like. A genius. Inspired. We need moderators. Clearly, we're going to need moderators. Man, what are we talking about? <laughs> hey, man, I'm just teasing Luz. Of course, that's awesome. Praise be to God. Uh, Buddy says, what is the final goal in teaching critical race theory? Yeah, that's you a mean great from, power. from their perspective or from ours? <laughs> well, the deacon uh, said it's about power. About right. power and control. Right. But are you asking, like, how they're trying to sell it? No, like, uh, oh, well, that's a good question. Like, what is yeah. their goal? But yeah, what is their goal? What is their uh, actual goal or what is their uh, stated Purported goal? goal? Yeah. Yeah. So their, I guess their stated goal is to, I guess, you know, it's it's hard to say. What, what do you think? I I think, I mean, it's hard for me to say because it seems like they say they're trying to combat racism and to make a equal society. Combat systemic racism. Systemic racism. Um, by changing the systems in our country, right? So that would that would constitute completely destroying the country because yeah. if it's systemic, you have to tear it which, all down. Which they're pretty open about. They're like, yeah, if the system is broken, then you need to destroy it and start all over again. Yeah. So I guess that is their stated goal and 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 their actual goal. So I guess they're at least being honest. <laughs> but he said there, so I think he means from their perspective. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think I think that's what it is. I mean, uh, we could probably find out um, if we would right, look for and, that, it, but and that's I why so. that's why so much of the country um, just signs on without even questioning critical race theory because who doesn't want to fight racism? Of course, everyone wants to fight racism. Yeah, um, it's just their methods and the their motivations and their end goal are not um, right. Right, it's genius marketing. It's absolutely genius yes. marketing because just like Planned Parenthood. <laughs> yes, yeah. It's like who disagrees with planning your parenthood? Who disagrees with with women's the, rights? With like, women's rights. They, that's why they say it that way. They're yeah. absolutely the left. Okay, so this is I'm going to end up promoting a Michael Knowles' book for him. His book, Speechless: Controlling Words, Controlling Minds. Um, his book, uh, obviously, I haven't read it yet because it has to come out. It comes out at the end of the month, but he's been talking about it a lot. And what he's been talking about is how the left uses words to control everything and he's so right and i'm really looking forward to getting his book because i've been talking about this for a long time about because this is just basic thomistic philosophy is the the philosophy is definitions and distinctions it's a a wide thing that's said in philosophy 99 percent of philosophy is definitions and distinctions so what does the left do they try to blur the definitions and not make distinctions that's very important to the left so that's why they use genius marketing like planned parenthood women's rights Black, black Lives, lives Matter, because who disagrees with Black Lives Matter? Of course, Black Lives Matter. Nobody right. disagrees with that, and uh, and so they use this language in order to to put shove people into a hole and say, no, if you disagree with our uh, whole entire platform, then you hate Black Lives. Then you think women should be enslaved. Then you think yeah, that uh, it's people, an all or nothing just, exactly. proposition. Mm-hmm. 
And, you know, I remember after the riots of George Floyd talking about that on the air, my previous radio program, and the, the statement that I made was Black Lives Matter is not good enough. Black lives don't just matter. Black lives uh, are made in the image and likeness of God and therefore have uh, inherent dignity. And that means something. That has, a, that has consequences. That meaning actually has consequences. And, the, uh, and we actually read the manifesto of the Black Lives Matter directly off their website, which has since been scrubbed, by the way. They took that off. But I read that live right over the radio before they removed it, and it talked about uh, socialism. It talked about destroying the family. It talked about transgenderism and, and all this other ideological nonsense that has nothing to do with the dignity of human persons, regardless of the color of their skin. But I, I, I want to read to you a, a small, tiny, the last two paragraphs of uh, Frederick Douglass's speech when they unveiled the statue of Lincoln. I think it was like, was it five years or ten years? I think it was five years after Lincoln was assassinated. Um, and there were many freed slaves present. I mean, there was a huge crowd of freed slaves, as well as the president of the United States, um, Grant at the time, and, um, and others, dignitaries, were all there. This is the statue that, that got defaced by Black Lives Matter during the riots last year. Frederick Douglass, who was a slave and became a, 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 an abolitionist. These are the last two paragraphs. I think you should read the whole thing, personally. I found it very good. He says, Had Abraham Lincoln died from any of the numerous ills to which fl uh, flesh is heir, had he reached that good old age of which his vigorous constitution and his temperate habits gave pr uh, promise, had he been permitted to see the end of his great work, had the solemn curtain of death come down, but gradually we should still have been smitten with a heavy grief and treasured his name lovingly. But dying as he did die by the red hand of violence, killed, assassinated, taken off without warning, not because of personal hate for no man who knew Abraham Lincoln could hate him, but because of his fidelity to union and liberty, he is doubly dear to us and his memory will be precious forever. Fellow citizens, I end as I begin with congratulations. We have done a good work for our race today. In doing honor to the memory of our friend and liberator, we have been doing highest honors to ourselves and those who come after us. We have been fastening ourselves to a name and fame imperishable and immortal. We have also been defending ourselves from a blighting scandal when now it it shall be said that colored man is soulless that he has no appreciation of benefits or benefactors when the foul reproach of ingratitude is hurled at us and it is attempted to scourge us beyond the range of human brotherhood we may calmly point to the monument we have this day erected to the memory of abraham lincoln Frederick Douglass. That was 1876 in Lincoln Park in Washington, in D.C. Um, you should read the whole speech. It's pretty powerful stuff. Okay, so we have about a minute, two minutes before the end of the show, and uh, I have to read a very, very important comment from Kathy. She said, Stop picking on my Adrian. Everything said about him is true and more. <laughs> if you don't believe me, ask his grandmother. Thank you, Kathy. 
thank you. Someone finally gets it. She also said, <sighs> just like the abortion clinic in front of which uh, we stand and pray, health quarters sound so healthy, <laughs> yet they are ripping babies from their mother's wombs. And she also had to say something nice about you too, Joe. She said, amen, Joe. Thank you for reading that. So thank you, Kathy. You're just, uh, oh, I see. You're we, just trying we, to soften see, the blow. Kathy. We miss gotcha. Kathy. Yeah, it's been it's good to see you back, Kathy. Praise be to God for that. Uh, yeah, you know, it's funny. This we've, we've, I think we've said this a few times already in the last few weeks alone. Uh, the McCarthy, do we owe McCarthy a, an apology because he fought against communism that infiltrated America? Hmm. Yeah, the joke is uh, McCarthy was wrong because he didn't go far enough. It was influ- It was uh, way more infiltration than he thought. Hey, is 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 Myrna a new commenter? Uh, where? With seconds on the clock? Where? A Myrna over on YouTube. Uh, I don't know, but I'm going to give it to her anyway. I think we have to. Hallelujah. Praise be to God, Myrna. It'd be a sad day if we didn't get to play. God love you, Myrna. Hallelujah. Thank you for hanging out Your with us. Your grandma said amen. <laughs> Thanks, Grandma. <laughs> Thank you, Myrna, for being a, a brand new commenter. At least, if you have commented before, pretend with us. It's funner that way. Uh, thank you, Myrna, for hanging out with us. And uh, My grandma agrees with Kathy. Yeah. <laughs> Praise be to God. Thanks, Grandma. Uh, all right, we are almost out of time now. So, one minute. What are we doing tomorrow? Uh, we're Michael gonna have Lofton. Michael, Michael Lofton's on the program tomorrow. We have E. Michael Jones coming up this week. I'm very excited. I booked a guest for Friday. Uh, he is one of the foremost experts on cartels. <gasps> wow. And the occult practices that are going on through the cartels and uh, in the human smuggling. So all the talk on the border crisis, there's not enough conversation about the evils the satanic and diabolical evils at the hands of cartel members. And uh, we're going to have that conversation. Oh, John Martinoni is on our program tomorrow as well. He's running these billboards in Alabama to convert non-Catholics. So John Martinoni will be our guest, plus Michael Lofton. Then E. Michael Jones on Thursday and Robert Alamonte, former U.S. Marshal. That's Friday. So big lineup this week. Praise be to God. Thanks for being a part of it. God love you. God bless you. We'll see you back here tomorrow morning for... Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. Until then. Thank you for joining us 